alcohol and heart disease. So this is sort of bad news for those of us who like to have a glass of wine with dinner. And that's a lot of us. Drinking in moderation might prevent heart attacks. It probably does. There's uh, randomized double-blinded clinical studies of 100 heart patients, though, that just added a new perspective about alcohol and heart disease. Those of you who have listened a lot to this channel may be aware this has got to do with atrial fib, the most common dysrhythmia among middle-agers and among other folks. In fact, like insulin resistance, probably at least 90% of atrial fib is not recognized. Why? Because it's paroxysmal, meaning it comes on, it happens, and then it goes away. But that in and of itself can create risk five to eight times the risk for stroke. So here's where the study was. This was published, by the way, this most recent study was published on January 27th this year. But this is not the first study showing this. It's a randomized double-blind placebo-controlled trial. This time they used an interesting thing. This was not a history, do you drink alcohol? This was actually using intravenous alcohol to assess changes in atrial, in the electrophysiology of the atria. UC San Francisco researchers found that alcohol has an immediate effect on the hearts of AFib patients. The study was published in JAK, the Journal of the American College of Cardiology, the clinical electrophysiology group. In patients infused with alcohol and maintained at a lower level of legal intoxication, so it's not just huge amounts, it's amounts that people reach uh, pretty often. Electrical properties of their hearts changed immediately as compared to subjects in the placebo group. Alcohol infusion resulted in an average reduction of 12 milliseconds. Now, what does that mean? Increased risk for atrial fib. That's what that means. According to the senior study author, Dr. Gregory Marcus, the acute impact of exposure to alcohol is a reduction in the time needed for certain heart muscle cells in the left atrium to recover after being electrically activated and to be ready to be activated again, particularly in the pulmonary veins that empty into the left atrium. That's also very important, that location, because most atrial fibrillation occurs in that area of the atria where those pulmonary veins come back. So when you get this problem and you talk to cardiologists, especially if you talk to an invasive cardiologist who does a lot of ablation, that's where they ablate it, right there at the pulmonary veins where they enter, because that's where most of this re-entry problem occurs. It's called re-entry. In other words, the electrical impulse goes out, but it can re-enter very quickly. That is the problem because it creates a cycle which goes into more of that chaos, atrial fib. In atrial fib, the orderly pumping of blood through the atria, the heart's upper chambers, is disrupted. According to the CDC, the number of people in the U.S. with atrial fib is approaching 12 million. I will tell you, though, that's sort of like the CDC's statements about prediabetes. Yes, there's a whole lot of it. Yes, they know that most of it's undiagnosed, but their numbers are overly conservative. It's more than that. Atrial fib leads to 454,000 hospitalizations yearly, and it contributes to about 158,000 U.S. deaths each year. Again, it's a major cause of stroke. We used to think that most strokes were what we call idiopathic. Idio meaning we don't know what causes it, and pathic means cause. So we don't know what causes it. 
the more we look at this issue, the more that we find that what was the number one cause of strokes in the past, idiopathic, is actually paroxysmal atrial fibrillation. So this is a serious issue. If you've ever noticed your heart thumping and then it goes away, I'd get that checked out. We've got several videos on it. I diagnosed my own, for example, using a, an iCardia. It's a little device, it's an electrical device which you can get on Amazon for about a hundred bucks. But if you go down that route, if you find that you have it, think two or three times before you agree to have an ablation. You know, it's just like this thing about uh, supplements and stents and bypass. You can't out-medicate a lifestyle issue, which is part of what we're gonna be talking about here. Ablation is not a replacement for better sleep, decreased blood pressure, and a little bit of weight loss. In fact, my own atrial fib increases significantly once I get over 160 pounds. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website at prevmedhealth.com. To learn more, watch our videos on YouTube at Ford Brewer MD MPH. Thank you very much for your interest.